Good evening, Abayisai. <coughs> Tonight's learning is sponsored by the Magid family as the Schus Le'ili Nishbas Aaron Ben Eliezer Zev. The Schus are learning, the Neshama should have an Aliyah. The Schus are learning should also be a Schus Refuah Shleima from Miriam Beilu Bas Nechama and Chayafegi Bas Nechama, the Seyed Shara Chayel Yisrael. So, we're smack in the middle of a story, and we're in the middle of discussing this epic battle between Chal Yisrael and the Pelishtim, and this is obviously the end of the life of Eli. And the Pelishtim come out to war against Kal Yisrael. Kal Yisrael goes out to fight them. And the first day of the battle doesn't go well. And <clears throat> several thousand Jews are killed in the battle. And Kal Yisrael thinks we need to do something different. They, they, they make a Chezrin and Efesh. And they realize, obviously, we're missing something. And unfortunately, they come to the wrong conclusion. The conclusion is that we should bring the Aaron, and the Kedusha of the Aaron, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will have to save us, we'll have the power of HaKadosh Baruch Hu just by bringing the Aaron to the battlefield. They should have made a Chesron HaNefesh, they should have done Tshuva. And because of that, we'll see that their Chesron, that their Chesron not only didn't work for them, but in fact worked against them. And we'll see the terrible Nevoah that Shmuel had said, his first Nevoah was, that there's going to be something so terrible that whoever hears about it, their ears will ring. This Nevoah will come true. And we'll see, following that, a very unique Perik and Tanakh, a Perik and Tanakh that has no Jews at all involved in this Perik and Tanakh, and uh, some very unusual stories coming up. But just as Hakdama, it's Kedai to be misplaining when we look at this parsha. We've seen and we've heard much about the Mishpach of Eli, the Chesroinus of the Mishpach of Eli, a lot of criticism, very harsh criticism. And, you know, you would think that there are really rotten, good for nothing people who didn't care Bechlal about the cover of Kalish Baruchu, they made this terrible Chil Hashem. But we see at this moment of tragedy, we see a different view of the Mishpach of Eli, what was truly important to them. And the Chashivas of the Mishpach of Eli, even Chafni and Pinchas themselves, the Messias Nefesh, at the last moment for the Aroin Elikim, and we get an idea of who these people really were. And although the Navi speaks very harshly about them, Kfimadrigosim, they made a mistake, but it should definitely give us pause to realize that these people were not terrible people, and by our standards, they'd be tremendous Tzadikah Elam. So what we're up to is Pasik Yud. And we just saw that the Aaron was brought to the battlefront. Chalisol gives this triumphant victory. Shout, the Pelishtim are petrified, but they say, listen, we got to fight better to die like a man than to be captured by the Jews. And <clears throat> the battle is joined. The Pelishtim battle against Chalisol. Chalisol is... <clears throat> suffers a defeat. Vayinasu ish, and there was Jews who were hit. They were they were killed. Vayinasu ish oilov, and what happened now, which makes things even worse, is that instead of holding together and retaining some semblance of a unified battle group, every person ran. Ish oilov. Each person ran home. Each person ran to hide. Everyone just is each man for himself. Run and save your life. And therefore, because they ran, so that made things much worse. Because they ran in that disorganized, panicked manner, so Chazal tell us that Nisa is Tchilas Nefila, that when you run, that's the beginning of a real downfall. 
And instead of regrouping and trying to at least prevent a total disaster, they all ran for their lives. And obviously when you're fighting with swords, when you're running away, it's not very... Uh, good position to defend yourself, and there was a tremendous a tremendous amount of Kaisa was killed. Yisrael, 30,000 Jews were killed. Terrible, terrible defeat. And that's only the beginning of it. The Aron of HaKadosh Baruch Hu was taken. And the two sons of Eli died. They died defending the Aron. They were standing there and they were in charge of the Aaron, they're Mice and of the Aaron, they died defending the Aaron. That's interesting. Farshim point out that from the Lashon of Enog of Yisrael is that right away they started being defeated and running away before anything had even happened. The Plishim just started charging. And Akalish Baruch, instead of getting this, they thought they're going to get extra help from Akalish Baruch because they brought the Aaron, because they brought the Aaron improperly and they hadn't done Chuva. HaKadosh Baruch Hu made them extra afraid and they began to run right away. And this was, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was an Einish for for various Avoinus, Avoin of Chilak Kodshim, Avoin of the Zavayi amongst them. And because of this, HaKadosh Baruch Hu caused them to have a tremendous defeat. And even worse than defeat was the Aaron of HaKadosh Baruch Hu was taken captive. And the two Kehanim that were the next in line to the Kehanim Gedolim, Chofni Pinchas Mesa. Now Agav, from the fact that the Posik puts together together with the Shnei B'nei Eli, that these two things are of equivalent sadness. We see that these are great people in learning, and we know that Shava, Misa Sadikim Kesefis Beisalekeinu, that there was an element of Misa Sadikim here. And not only that, Chazal say that from the fact that they're put together with Aroin Kim, at least in their Misa, we see that Al Yidei, they're being punished in this world. They didn't run away from their punishment, they accepted their punishment, so that was a kapara for them, and they taka went, l'chai oil mabo. Now, what happens next? Vayoretz ish binyomen mehamarocha. A fellow from Shevet binyomen runs from the battle. Vayovei shiloi beyemahu. He comes to Shiloi in that day. He was the only one who made it to Shiloi. So Ataka saw the album says that everyone else was in such a panic, no one wanted to run to Shiloi. Shiloi was obviously the next stop for the Polishtim, that's where they were headed to defeat Shiloh, and Shiloh is going to be destroyed at this moment. This is the destruction of Shiloh. No one runs in the middle of a, of a tremendous destructive battle. You don't want to run into the heart of where the enemy is going to be attacking. Everyone else ran for their lives. And this one person from Shevet Binyamin was very brave, and he ran to Shiloh because he knew he had to warn people to run for their lives. So he was the Yochid who actually made it to Shiloh. And not only that, it was Bayei Mahu, which was a tremendous achievement because the battlefront apparently was not so close to Shiloh, and this was it took time, and he managed to make it that day by running constantly, non-stop, till he reached Shiloh to be Medea people. What happened? Now, who was this Ishbin Yaman? So Chazal tells us, and Rashi brings it, that this was Shol. Shol HaMelech was not yet the Melech, he was just an Ishbin Yaman at this point, but it was Shaul, and not only had he been the brave one who runs to spread the news, but he did an even greater act of bravery, which is not Mephorosh in the Pesukim. But Rashi tells us, and it comes from Chazal, that Goliath was the one who had captured the great Polishti war hero, had actually captured the Aaron, and in his tremendous chutzpah, he opened up the lid of the Aaron, he took out the Luchas, and who knows what he would have done with them, but 
Shaul saw this and risks his life, runs right into the, into the heart of the Pelishti lines, grabs the Luchas, and before Goliath knows what happens, he's running like a deer, and he manages to escape with the Luchas, which is a tremendous feat, given the, the weight of the Luchas. The Luchas were extremely heavy, they were solid gemstones, and he ran holding the Luchas. Now, what's interesting, which is something you have to get used to in Tanakh, is if you look in the Radak over here, the Radak says, and the Radak, after quoting Chazal, and you'll see other Rishayim do this as, also, as well, the Radak says, I think this is a little bit far-fetched. We'll see the Plishim suffer because of the Aaron from the Kedusha the Aaron, and he says it doesn't sound, they for sure would have suffered if they were to touch the Luchas at this point, and it doesn't sound like, the Radak says the story definitely doesn't sound that way, so Chazal Adashining that it was show, the Radak is telling us, and it doesn't sound like that. Oh. He says the measures <coughs> is not to be taken literally. He says it sounds like, you know, there's Derech Hapshat and there's Derech Josh. He's saying that in Derech Hapshat, now you're supposed to learn Derech Hapshat. Now, what actually happened? I don't know. But he's saying in Derech Hapshat, it doesn't sound, that would definitely not be the simple understanding of the Psukh. Uh, now, <clears throat> what happens? So he comes running into town. And, Vayorat Ishbin Yomim Amarocha, Vayovi Shil Biyemahu. Umadov Kurum has begotten a ripped as a sign of mourning, not because he had been, you know, wounded in battle. Vadom al Roshe, he had earth on his head. Two signs of mourning the tremendous mourning, the loss of so many Jews, the loss of the Aaron, tremendous, the loss of Gedele Hadar, of Chafni and Pinchas, and tremendous sign of mourning. Vayavai, he comes to town. Vihine Eli Yoishev Alakise, Eli was sitting on a chair. Al Yaderech Mitzape, he was sitting on the path. Facing the path where someone would wait for news. Why was he waiting? So despite the fact, and this is the godless of Eli, he knew that his sons were at tremendous risk. They had gone to a battlefield, and he had a Nebuah. If you remember, not that long before, he had a Nebuah, and he believed in the Nebuah, he knew it was from Hashem, that his two sons would die the same day. He must have been aware that this was a very uh, ideal moment for this Nebuah to come true. Despite that, that's not what he was worried about. He was worried about the Aroin Elikim. And it's interesting, he was worried about the Aroin Elikim. So Kapshuta, you'd think he was worried that it would be, get captured. But I saw the Minchikitana says that he wasn't even worried that the Aroin would get captured because he never even imagined the Aroin would be captured. That was, that was beyond his comprehension. He was worried that Klaus would lose the battle. And if they lost the battle, then people would say, oh, Hashem can't help us. and It will be a tremendous Chil Hashem. So he was worried at the potential Chil Hashem. This is something, you know, Adam Gadol was worried that Klai Yisrael putting their B'tochen in that Baruch Hu, Baruch is not going to save them. What a terrible Chil Hashem is going to come out. And he, when he's going to hear, we'll see what happens when he hears that not only the Chil Hashem of the Oren not helping him defeat the Pelishtim, but it's much worse than that, that the Oren was actually captured. Now, he comes to the town. Eli's sitting by the path, right by the Shar Ha'ir. Hakim Yenison says, waiting to hear the news. Now, somehow he manages not to bump into Eli first, and he lets the news be known in the city. Malvin explains he must have gone through a different shower into the city. He went around, and the whole city begins to shriek and cry and scream. They all lost loved ones, soldiers, and the Aaron was taken, and they knew that Shiloh was... 
now in tremendous risk, and there's a tremendous screaming and crying in the city. Now, Eli is unaware of what this screaming and crying is about. And <clears throat> Eli is now desperate to know what's going on. But no one wants to be the person to uh, tell Eli the news. And right, even the Malvim says that even Shoal, that's why, or this Ishbin Yaman, whoever he was, had avoided Eli at first. He didn't want to tell him the news. But at some point, he is uh, forced to tell Eli the news why. So we'll see what happens. So He says, what's going on? What's this noise? This Ish bin Yaman was running and he runs and, and, and he runs up and Eli hears someone running and tells him, come quickly, tell me what happened. And he wants to know what happened. Now, I, everyone's avoiding telling Eli the bad news and the Malbim wants to theorize that it sounds like even Shaul was unaware, Shaul, this Ishbin Yaman, was unaware that Eli hadn't heard something about the news. He assumed that by the time the whole city's crying, that someone had told Eli that his sons had died, the Aaron had been taken, but he didn't know the exact details. And therefore, the Malbim explains that gives us an understanding in the way in which he gives over the news. He doesn't think he's the first one breaking the news to Eli. The Eli ben Tishim was Shemayin Eli was 98 years old. The Einav, comma, and his eyes no longer worked. He couldn't see. And this Ishmin Yaman tells Eli, I'm the one who's coming from the battlefield. Not only that, I have first-hand information. I fled the battle. And Eli asked him, what was the story? What happened? So the Pasuk now uses an interesting lotion. Now before we just move on to what actual, the actual content of the report of this Ishbin Yaman to Eli, but the lotion of Mavasar is a little bit of an unusual lotion because you know we're used to Mavasar, Mavasar Toi, Mavasar Yeshuas. Mavasar usually is something good. And it seems unusual that you should have a Mavasar in a Dovera. The Radak says that uh, not necessarily. Sometimes any news can be called a basura. Even bad news can be called basura. Basura just means news. The Malbim says that he didn't understand that he was the one breaking the news. So he didn't look at himself as someone who's saying bad news. He looked at himself as someone who's, on the contrary, he's doing something, a service to Ailey. Ailey already heard the news, the reports, the wild reports, this happened, that report, and he's going to come and give him the straight facts, the first-hand information. So it, the way he was saying it over, he was saying it over as someone who was not necessarily saying bad news. Someone already heard the news and wants to know the exact details, so he looked at himself as a mavasar, not as someone who's breaking terrible news to Ailey, which explains the seemingly sudden way in which he breaks this terrible news to Ailey. So one other Mahalach in the Das Seifrim once said that maybe he was called a Mavasar because since his goal by running to the city was not to spread bad news, it was to save the people of the city. Shila was destroyed and someone needed to come and tell them to save their lives. So he, was, he got this title of a Mavasar because although he was bringing bad news, but it was, he was doing everybody in the city a tremendous type of telling them to run for their lives. So Vayan HaMavasar Vayoymer Nos Yisrael of Neplishtim he says, first of all, Klaeser lost the battle. So he starts, at least somewhat, he tries to lessen the impact by saying from the worst, the, the, the least bad news first and building up to the worst news. 
So first of all, Klai Yisrael lost the battle. Second of all, there was a tremendous amount of casualties. Your two sons died. And the Oren of HaKadosh Baruch Hu was taken captive. And we see now the godless of Eli. He's told about his sons dying. Calm. Klai Yisrael loses the battle. Everything else, he could stay calm. He hears the Oren of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He collapses off his chair. He can't support himself. He collapses backwards. He collapses onto the, onto the gate. And he breaks his neck. He was very old. He was weak. He was heavy. He had been the shepherd for 40 years. And he couldn't withstand this terrible news of the Oren being taken. And he collapses and he dies on the news of this terrible sorrow for Klal Yisrael. And again, you see that the godless of Eli, that the one thing that he can't handle is the news, the terrible news of the Arn. Now, we can understand that coming from Eli, so we understand Eli is the God Lahadar, God Lahadar, he was a Navi, very high Madrega for him to hear this terrible news, we can understand it brings about his death. But we'll see that it wasn't just him, it was even his mishpacha. The way they react to the news is also primarily the disaster of the Oren being taken. I'm sorry. The chalosoi, Eishas Pinchas, his daughter-in-law, the wife of Pinchas, hora lolas. She was pregnant to give birth. Now, what's this Lashon lolas? It should have been loledes. So Rashi says, al-karchi loledes perushay. It means loledes. The ain't like dimi. We don't find anywhere else in Tanakh, we use this Lashon, the last, to give birth. But he says, he brings from Menachem, it's one of the Balidiktuk, that what does it mean, why is the word Yolala used? Because the Pasuk wants to bring out over here that usually by a birth is a tremendous time of Simcha, but this birth was a birth of Yolala, of crying, of screaming, of pain, because of the terrible tsar that happened to Klai Yisrael. So she was pregnant, she was in labor already, she hears the news of the arm being taken, and that her husband and her father-in-law had died, she bends down and she gives birth, her birth pains, Rashi says, her birth pains went differently than usual, and she died from it. What does it mean, Nepchu Alel Tzirel? So Pashup Shat, we saw Rashi says that her birth pains just became so terrible and unnatural from her tremendous emotional anguish. But I saw very interesting. The Chaymas Anoch says that, how does the Pasuk say? The Pasuk says that she heard about and they told her the news and she hears the bad news and those around her assumed now, what was the worst thing to her? They, they broke the news. Just like when the Ish Yom breaks the news to Shoal, you start with the least bad news and you build it up to the worst news. So to, to Eli, we understood that the least bad news is the arm being taken. They understood that for this lady, come on, a lady, for her, the, the easiest news to handle is the arm being taken and the worst news is her husband died. And the Pasuk is made... No, this was the worst thing for her. The fact that they thought that she was more concerned about the death of her husband than of the arm being taken, 
The fact that it was nap chula, that they switched around the order, that caused a tremendous tsar, because in her eyes, the real, real tsar was the fact that the Aram was taken. Which again brings out the godless of the family of Eli, that their personal tsara, their personal tragedy, meant nothing in the face of the loss of the Aram Elikim. And as she's dying, so the midwives tell her, don't worry, they tried to comfort her that you had a son, not so bad. She ignores that she's not willing to take the debate to And what does she say? She calls this child e-covid. There's no covid. Lamer, me that the covet was taken from Kal Yisrael al Hilokach Aroinu Alekim, the taking of the Oren, Val Chamel, the Isha, and the loss of her father in law, Shaifet, the God Lador, the Isha, her husband, also Tamil Chacham. But she says that really what it really comes down to is Golak Fayd Mi Yisrael, Kini Lokach Aroinu Alekim. The ultimate Tsara, when everything's said and done, is the Tsara of Nilokach Aroinu Alekim. And that's the. Real tzara, and that's the thing that she's in the most in pain from. She dies from the tremendous pain and emotional anguish of hearing of the Nilaka Harin Alekim. So, this brings an end to this story, this battle. And it's also the end of a chapter in Klai Yisrael's history. Shiloh, which had stood for several hundred years, is now destroyed by the Pelishtim, although it's not mentioned in the Psukim, but we don't find another mention of Shiloh after this point. Chazal tells us Shiloh was destroyed by the Pelishtim on that day. They continued into Shiloh, destroyed the city. The Oren is obviously taken. The other Kalim Kalisol took with them, and they rebuilt other places, temporary homes for the Klei Mishkan, temporary dwellings for Hakadosh Baruch Hu in Noiv and Given. We'll discuss them a little bit as we come along through Sefer Shmuel. But this is the end of the national Mishkan in Shiloi, and from this point until the base of Migdash is built, we enter an unusual time period in Kalisol's history where Bamis private. Mizbeachs are now mutter. People can be makriv in their backyard because there is no longer a national, there is no mishkan, there's a bama gedayla, it's called. There's a national bama, but it doesn't have any chashivas more than a bama gedayla, and it's not considered a mishkan, a base amigdash. There's no mokem ashayivcha sham, ashem, lashachin shmei sham. There's no ali l'regel. That is lost until it will come back when the base amigdash is built. We'll start a little bit, get a start on Perik Hay. A parak that has absolutely no Jews in it, a very interesting and unusual story. So <clears throat> we'll get started. The battle, as we mentioned, took place in Evan Ezer. The Polishtim took the Aran back with them, spoils of battle to their cat to their city Ashtoid. And, you know, to, to the same Palestinians in the same cities. So the Polishim take the Oren of HaKadosh Baruch, and what do they do with it? They bring it to the house of Dogen. They set it up next to Dogen. Who was Dogen? Dogen was their god. And he had, the, what was his appearance? He had, the, this might sound familiar to some of us, he had his bottom of his body was a fish, and the top of his body was a man. So he was a man with a fish's tail, and he was obviously a some sort of seafaring god. The Pelishtim lived on the sea coast, and they worshipped like all of the the things that they were Isaac with, and he they worshipped uh, something to do with the fish that was their sustenance. And this was their god Dogen. So they bring the Oren to the base Dogen, and they put it right next to Dogen. 
what was their kavana in bringing the Oren and putting it next to Dagen. So the Medrash brings the Machlokes. Rabbi Yechelen said that they were trying to mechabed the Oren. They, they understood that they captured it. Was, it, was, it was a god, but you know, a powerful god. Their god is more powerful, but they had to give it honor. So they figured what the best place to put it is in the house of their god. And uh, Shem ben Lakish says, no, this was, uh, this was a act of being Mavaza, the Aaron Mavaza, Kaddish Baruch Hu, they were showing that Duggan defeated the Aaron. This was, you know, showing Duggan at his best moment, Chasashalm, defeating Kaddish Baruch Hu. And tremendous Chil Hashem, and even if they're trying to honor the, the Kaddish Baruch Hu, but as we know, they themselves understood Hashem was Alekeolikim, the highest, as they called it, but. They understood that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was Lemayel from any other Koyach, and to somehow equate Dagen and their God, even if they meant to honor HaKadosh Baruch Hu in that manner, is a tremendous chutzpah. In fact, that they took the Oren to begin with is a tremendous chutzpah, and therefore they're deserving of punishment. Now HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to warn them first. I guess we'll, we'll, we'll have to hold this off for next week. So Bez Hashem will see the results for the Pelishtim from capturing the Oren Bez Hashem next week. Yeah.